This is Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Hado. Hello, I'm Daryl McLean. I'm a voice actor, impressionist, composer and clown stroke daft bugger. My favourite Doctor Who story is The Chase from 1965. Well, good morning. I have been set the task of watching The Chase by a man I've never met. Uh, but who has entertained me and who has decided that uh, it would be a wheeze for me to find the best things I possibly can about a Doctor Who story that is perhaps not the most well-loved and certainly wasn't uh, in uh, the early days of Haydoke Towers. But I uh, very much enjoyed episode one. Uh, let's see how we do with episode two. I want you to press play in three, two, one, now. Um, it's so atmospheric this uh, this opening title sequence. I mean, I'm probably be saying this a lot during this podcast, but I may as well say something. Um, never before nor since has anyone been so successfully transported through time and space in such uh, an abstract fashion, with you know, with a with a beautifully rendered technique that was happened upon. You know, by a BBC technician whiling his time away between recording sessions. Norman Taylor, I salute you, sir. I think I, because it's an extended music sequence, I, I think I had a compilation tape of, of a, a Doctor Who cassette uh, that, I, that I'd done of, of music. Uh, that's a walking Dalek. <laughs> Oh no! You see, I'm not. But that's a great shot. You see, uh, that and that's a great shot uh, of of, and it's a leap from film to studio, um, of which we'll have an example later. That somebody recently referred to on Twitter as controversial. I will weigh in with my opinion. Uh, it might be different from yours. That's fine. Uh, I love. I always like it when the Dalek gets a different appendage. Um, uh, you know the 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 sucker. I never have a problem with the sucker. It's a, a, a it was an expedient and uh, a, a, um, thing that worked. Um, but but I I like and I like that sort of that sort of compassy type device. Um, oh yes, the Iridians. Uh, who I remember were in a lot of the the, the early publicity, um, yeah, no, the, the 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 sort of you know pic pictures that I that I saw before I saw the story, uh, the Maya beast. Um, yeah, Ian and and Vicky are doing their um, comedy routine whilst being threatened by betentacled monsters, which I'm not not altogether sure about. That's a that's a cracking shot, and that Dalek is moving very well on the sand which will have I'm sure been really really hard um, Dalek action is what we want um, having had a had an episode yeah look at that look at that thing and uh, that's quite a simple uh, technique but it looks it's a it's a really smart looking device um, and I get what it is trying to be uh, and it and it fits with the Dalek now this is Brian Proudfoot, 
uh, uh, who, who in the paperwork is credited as walk on Iridian. Uh, uh, he sort of walk on and die. Um, he uh, is forever famous in my house and should be in yours as the first person to play Doctor Who that wasn't William Hartnell, I think, because he is the guy that walks down the poplar trees in the Reign of Terror when William Hartnell couldn't go on location. Uh, and, uh, and, and you know, they needed somebody to do it. Instead. And also, prior to this, he's had a really good on-screen role in Doctor Who as Tigellinus, the... The cupbearer who is poisoned by Nero and has Doctor Who's first and perhaps only no, there's a couple, but, but a rare comedy death in Doctor Who, uh, which again serious me would reject, but it's so well done and it's so very funny. <laughs> so Brian Proudfoot, who I've never found, I think is dead. I think spent some time in South Africa. I've I've never. 100% been able to narrow it down. Whereas this is a very lachrymose Huell Bennett making an early career. Uh, I remember this clip being on a TV show called Telly Addicts that you used to tune into to hope for lots of fun celebratory insights into old television. But actually, um, oh, my computer's just fallen on me. Um, was uh, That's the ghost of Noel Edmonds, who isn't actually dead, um, throwing things at me. Um, I used to get, again, I was so serious, I used to get, get so offended on behalf of the programme makers who made brilliant old telly uh, whose, whose out-of-context clips were mocked by uh, uh, Noah Ledim's... But, but, but Telly Addicts was a, 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 a good source of old clips and they showed this as a, you know, whose, whose early break was it? And I think the person answered you know William Hartnell and Noel Edmonds was like well no it is, is William Hartnell but that's not who we're asking about because he played Doc 2 um, it was it was Huell Bennett um, so Huell Bennett did well enough to be well known enough to be an answer in a question about sort of before they were famous they're 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 trying to do alien body acting which is uh, laudable um, and they're both good actors Ian Thompson who who plays the other one who who's who's is is a fine actor still around uh, still represented by a very good agent which means that I've never been able to penetrate to his inner sanctum um but also played the Optera uh Hetra in uh the web planet this guy Al Raymond the third Iridian uh we've never found I've never found um so if your next door neighbour is going, I was a Doctor Who once. I played a talking fish who blew up a planet. That's a good shot. Uh, that that uh, that the explosion is 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 very well suggested there with a mixture of, I presume, stock footage, uh, a, a, a a clever film shot, and then a a, a cut to studio. Um, that was actually that was actually quite well done. Um, yeah, if so, if yeah, if your if your neighbour says, yeah, I was a, I was an arsonist fish person in a Doctor Who. Uh, it was all live, you know. Uh, <laughs> don't write in. I know it wasn't live, but a lot of people who were in it at the time tell me it was. Uh, oh, I'd forgotten she treads on a dead Maya beast. Gosh. 
Um, so yeah, Ian, Ian Thompson, Family at War, he did, which was a great show, and he's very, very good in it. Um, <laughs> Richard Martin saddled him with the Optera costume and then the Iridian leotard. Oh, Kewell Bennett's doing some sort of digging acting there. I don't know quite. Sort of slightly moving the sand, but he's 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 doing something. Um, Hugh Bennett was a fine, fine actor with a gorgeous voice, um, who uh, and a beautiful, beautiful face. Um, uh, it, it was a very handsome young man who then turned up in EastEnders many years later, having obviously. Uh, uh, enjoyed himself in the pub quite often, and those 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 sort of beautiful young features had sort of got sort of turned into puffy, baggy character. But of course, because he had the voice, he had a fantastic voice. Uh, he probably and I, and and I did hear the story. He he sent signed photos to a friend of mine, um, so obviously wasn't totally dismissive of the whole Doctor Who thing and the whole being approached thing. But I I did hear tell that people uh, who encountered him at his local pub or whatever he'd be outside he was quite a, a, a committed uh, 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 man of the cups shall we say and I say that as some I, I'm, I'm not making light of that I say that as somebody who uh, has been in that boat um, and you never quite get out of that boat um, but, but I've, I'm currently docked. I'm currently moored. Uh, oh, what are they eating? They're eating yeah, some sort of lump of something. Um, I like it when they have a funny pen or a funny breakfast or something that's sort of space pen or space breakfast. It always shows a bit of effort. Um, these are interesting sets, these catacombs. But, um, yeah, a, a few of Bennett sort of sitting outside, you know, drinking and if, if anyone ever went up to him and said excuse me are you Hugh Bennett you go go away uh, he wouldn't it, it would be a word beginning with F and a word beginning with off which I, I, I'm going to try not to swear on on these just because for me swearing and Doctor Who don't go together it's very old fashioned of me I know but if there is a some young people like Doctor Who and they might sit through this nonsense and if they do I don't want them to hear me effing and jeffing uh, um they're very sad, the Iridians, aren't they? But you would be if you lived on a planet um, that is very arid, that some fool had christened arid before, because it became arid. We hear from that story of it becoming arid. So was it called Iridius before it became arid? Um, which, which suggests a, a certain self-fulfilling prophecy. What is it? Nominative determinism. Although we are called Earth, and it's what you know, it's what it's made of. Although I suppose it should be called ninety percent water slash Earth. Um, yeah, I and I and, and William Hartnell's very good here. Um, you know, he he accepts that these rather sad. They are rather sad. They're so sad they seem like they're crying all the time, which could solve their their arid their aridity problems just keep being sad and you will fill the world with an ocean of your tears um 
Um, and and they I mean, they haven't quite got. You know, the, there's no credit for fish movement by Rosalind de Winter, but there is an attempt to suggest uh, uh, alien body language and speech patterns, which. That's a, he works so well in close-up, doesn't he, Hartnell? Look at that. That's a terrific shot. Um, which, although it doesn't always come off, I, I think is laudable. I, I I prefer you to have a go at that than just to, you know, be a, a person in a suit, but otherwise your body language and your speech patterns are, you, you know, you may as well be in a shop. Um, oh, they've... they've oh, Oh, that's a bit mean. But uh, yeah, and of course, you know, we the, the Daleks are Nazis, and they, you know, put prisoners to labour, and then they shoot them. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's a slightly clumsy sequence that we. I mean, we didn't we didn't really see much of it. I don't know what the camera's doing. It's uh, we have these sort of cameras at, at ground level, so we, we see Dalek skirts and people's feet um but oh, the tardis being indestructible uh, is is a lovely comforting thing and i and i love the statement that that makes this ramshackle rackety thing that you know that looks like a police box um for all its faults and, and can never quite go where you want it to go for all its faults it's indestructible and i i feel a bit that makes me feel slightly patriotic i'm not a, i'm not a tub thumping jingoist but um, you know, I see this country as, as as sort of punching above its weight. It's slightly ramshackle. Um, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a mess, but uh, uh, and and it, <laughs> and it can look a bit clumsy, but it's indestructible. Uh, and and it and it and it uh, it 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 does more than you would expect it to do. Um, and yet, whilst it does it. It has a sort of ramshackle charm about it. That's that's if you were to sum up what I like about this country and being British, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And there are many many things I think are wrong, but also I think we 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 knock ourselves. Oh, there's a boom mic. Uh, we knock ourselves quite a lot, but um, there's nothing wrong with trying to accentuate your positives as well. Doesn't mean you're as I say, jingoistic, and I don't like jingoism and blind patriotism. That's very dangerous. But I think it's all right to go. Sometimes we're all right. We we do our best. Um, Hartnell's really good in this. Uh, you know, he he is he is accepting that they have no choice. He's he's pragmatic. He's you know he's he's cold, but not he's not being aloof. He's not he's not being angry with them. He knows they've got to do what they've got to do. And he's not going to forgive them, but he's also not going to have a go at them. Um, and, and do you know, one of these Iridians gets eaten by the Maya beast later on. And I've never managed to, and I've never looked it up either. I've never managed to work out which one it is. Um, I wonder if I will be able to work it out this time. Probably not. I mean, I, I miss so much because I, the nature of this means I have to keep talking. Um, uh anyway um so 
plot-wise, what it means is that in these, you know, stories, it's 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 actually more about you know what location are we in this week? The storylines have to be fairly simple, and this is a, a fairly straightforward one. If they meet some benign aliens who, nonetheless, are you know cowed by uh, the the Daleks and forced to cooperate with the Daleks uh, in order to hand over the time travelers. Um, uh, and that's that's pretty much the story of the week. Um, but what it means is we get a different race of Doctor Who aliens too, because we get the Maya beasts. Um, this is a really good set. I'd forgotten actually how good some of these these sets are because again, uh, you know that they're, they're they're not sets that last more than a week, and some of the outside sets aren't aren't great, but. These catacombs, they've got they've got depth, and there's an attempt to do stalac mites slash tights, um, and and you've got enough depth to have the, the the iridians in the background to give it a bit of a sense of scale, and it's always nice to see an alien on screen in Doctor Who. Um, although these ones do sort of wander around, being a bit lost, don't they? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What what are they saying to each other? No idea. Oh yeah, okay. Are they gold? I think they're probably gold. Are they? I'd like to see some color pictures. Uh, I mean, not that they're obviously men in leotards, but it's uh. So who is it that gets so bar? So who's the one that gets? Who does get eaten? Somebody, one of them gets eaten here, trying to rescue. Buff. Is it Hugh Bennett? Does Hugh Bennett get eaten? Uh, we we don't actually see. Uh, I'm sure it's in the script, but I've never looked at the script, uh, and I'm sure it's in the book. And I, I don't think I've got the book because it was one of the later books, wasn't it? Um, my target collection has a couple of gaps. Um, and that's pretty, he's, he's just ingested. The Maya Beast has just ingested a live um, Rinian or Prondin or they're all called things like that, aren't they? Um, uh, the, the Iridians. Um, and so it's, it's, it's nighttime on Iridius, uh, which, as I say, uh, there's a shot. That's, that's nice, though, the night sky uh, above Ian. Uh, nighttime is always atmospheric. Malsan is what Ian Thompson's called. Malsan, Rinian and Prondin. And walk on Iridian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't on his CV. It's like, can you give me a name? Can't you call me Walkondin? Walkondin, that's what he's called from now on. Walkondin. Brian Proudfoot. Oh, look at them. They gleam in the studio light. They look fantastic. Um, uh, <laughs> something remind uh, the Beatles reminded me of a, fr a very witty friend of mine. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Jim Smith. I've got lots of people I've met only a handful of times, but I, you know, then consort with in on social media. And there are some very funny and very inventive and creative people in in the world of Doctor Who. Daryl among them. And uh, I sometimes feel a bit like I've got away with something because I did my one man show. Of uh, I, I, I seem to, you know, get get various bits of work i'm very lucky 
uh, for being the funny Doctor Who guy. Um, uh, and there are lots of funny Doctor Who guys out there um, uh, who are supplies of great entertainment and insight on social media. And I'm, I remember sort of getting annoyed with, you know, somebody being... I, I, I had a whole running joke in a show that I actually cut out and I would like to do something with it eventually. I, I named this person Barry, who's the guy that whenever anybody does something to do with Doctor Who, he, he updates their Wikipedia page. So, you know, Abraham Lincoln was the president of the United States who is best known for appearing in episode one of The Chase. You know, and because and there are some actors who've had great careers who, if they've been in Doctor Who, that is in their list of two or three things that they've done on Wikipedia, even if their contribution to Doctor Who is minor. And it doesn't mention, say, them being an associate artist of the Royal Shakespeare Company or whatever, because Doctor Who fans sort of, we still have that thing. And I understand the drive because I was very, you know, I very much, um, uh, certainly for when I was younger, you know, the, uh, the idea that the, the outside world had to have Doctor Who communicated to it and Doctor Who's importance had to be underlined. Um, uh, and, 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 and I was talking about this online somewhere and I think it was Jim Smith, but yeah, Paul, the executioner's McCartney. <laughs> Which, yeah, the idea that the Beatles, uh, among the things that they were best known for, was appearing in episode one of The Chase. <laughs> Um, and this is the sort of thing, this is sort of boy's own adventure stuff, you know, building a, 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 a sort of a, a fake a, a fake floor, a hidden entrance for, for something to tumble through. This was the sort of thing you read about in, in adventure stories um, that's, that's actually, I think, harder to do in real life than, than it is in, in, on, on telly. Um, Um, oh yes, and and so yeah. Um, so this is going to lead to uh, a, a a shot that has been treated uh, on this DVD. That in the original, because filming at night is so expensive, the studio we are at night time, and the film sequence was in the day, and the jar between studio and film was even more pronounced. Uh, here is the shot uh, is even more pronounced ah it's great <laughs> but not on this DVD where they've darkened it uh, on the original uh, it's in day oh Ian he's quite tough isn't he um, and this this sometimes opens up the debate about what is restoration and what is tinkering and I am great friends with the restoration team and I have this chat in pubs and when i speak to uh my friend who does the picture restoration he makes for a very convincing case for well if you want it as is original uh, we wouldn't uh, you would have less of the film picture because they actually pull out and and show us a bit more than you would have actually seen um because because of the way stuff was cropped in on the film recordings of various ways. so he sort of said we'll never get it as it was broadcast um uh, you, you know, you, you but, but we we can do things to it to make it look as good as possible, and that includes perhaps t tinting a shot that was never tinted. For me, as somebody who's a bit of an archaeologist, and and uh, I mean, I was a bit, I was wrong, but I was a bit, I was a bit 
dubious about Vidfire because I was introduced to Doctor Who as scrappy old Phil Prince and that to me gave it part of its atmosphere. Obviously it looks closer to original broadcast with Vidfire and it looks better but of course I, I was comforted by the thing that was familiar. I hold my hands up and I, I was wrong with that and I, 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 you know, I think Vidfire is absolutely the right thing to do. The darkening of the thing, I, I think I would prefer it to look like it did when it was broadcast but I totally understand the other argument. Um, I also see no need for, for anger to be directed at anybody um, because I think there are valid arguments either way. But as I say, given my choice, even though I work very closely with and and in fact because of uh, the guys on the restoration team uh, who I all admire and like very much, I personally would prefer that. And I remember being so cross with that shot going, he's Richard Martin again being really lazy. Um, but it's a really good shot. It just doesn't marry with the, the the studio, and that matches the the technology that they had at the time and what they did at the time. So, I think it should be there, warts and all. But, um, it's because because yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough on that. What is my favourite thing for episode two? Oh gosh, um, I think. And I'm sure Daryl isn't going to choose this because I think we perhaps watch these things with a slightly different eye, which is okay. Uh, I was going to say perhaps it's the ruthlessness of the, the Daleks and their execution of those prisoners, but that was, I thought, slightly bungled in the shooting. Uh, I'm actually going to say William Hartnell's performance um, because he... Throughout the whole thing, his energy is, 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 he's not doing an awful lot, but there's a sort of simmering danger there, which is not something we always see and associate with him. And I think William Hartnell's always great and always interested, but I think, I think we saw a dimension of him there that we don't always see, and it particularly struck me uh, this time. So although I'm not always going to choose the Doctor, I, think, I, think that's, I don't think that's a cheat to go, oh, an actor doing a thing, because I think... Hartnell moulded his performance to the circumstances and it helped to tell that story of the Iridians who were, you know, forced to cooperate with the Daleks under threat of death and the Doctor sort of accepts that whilst, you know, realising that it uh, it has mortal consequences for the TARDIS crew uh, and he brings a lot of weight and gravity to that. What is Daryl going to say? Reason two two that i love the chase is its 60sness there is no other 60s story that is as 60s as the chases people forget now that in the early 90s there was a big 1960s revival just before Britpop started there were a lot of like old black and white tv shows and, and music being re-released so there was the monkeys and batman and star trek on tv and there was the beatles anthology and the chase came out on video in that in that era as well i think it was 1993 for the 30th anniversary so that's actually tied in um to that whole nostalgia but when i i was about seven or eight during that period so i'm quite fondly predisposed to anything that's very kind of pure 60s and the chase is absolutely full of that i think it's fair to say that the chase is the most indicative of dalek mania it's the dalek mania story there's the peter cushing films at the cinema but more so than dalek invasion of earth more so than dalek's master plan the Chase is on TV, the Dalek Mania story, and I love it for it. It's so evocative of that moment in time 
when everybody knew what a Dalek was and everyone was making Dalek jokes. And, and what better Dalek joke than The Chase? There's something about this story which feels so much of its time that it's just like a time machine in itself. You watch that story, you are in 1965, just as much as listening to, you know, uh, Please Please Me or watching Batman or The Monkeys. You are in that moment right there. And that's why I love The Chase. It's like my own personal time machine to the 60s. Um, now, you see, that's that's a really good reason. Uh, I don't think he's doing episode-specific reasons, which is fine. That sort of in instruction is that everybody's to... Cause sometimes people have said, oh, can I clarify what you want? And I've sort of gone, I, I want you, um, because I think uh, we sometimes need reminding, especially when we see the the sometimes madness and unkindness of, of Doctor Who fans on social media that actually it's it's at its at its best and actually at its most typical because the 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 loudest voices are often the the, the meanest and ones who've got fewest things to do um at its best Doctor Who fandom is 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 you know creative and exciting and and funny um uh, and once again, you know, I go, oh, I like William Hartnell's performance. And you've got somebody there encapsulating it so much more eloquently. And uh, I think that's a really interesting take. Um, and and it, it terrifies me that actually everybody's, everybody's take on Doctor Who is far more interesting than mine. Um, but in a way, it's, isn't it nice, therefore, that um, uh, 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 amongst a sea of my nonsense, there's a little... There's a little uh, lighthouse of um, intellectualism and wit provided by somebody else um, yeah that's great I like the idea of the chase being a very a very 60s Doctor Who story and it is it is the sort of cigarette card of, of c cigarette card of Doctor Who TV isn't it um, uh, which which as Daryl's other choice showed the production can't always live up to um, you do wonder if Terry Nation's ever seen Doctor Who. But again, in those days, audiences knew that what was being done was sometimes a suggestion rather than, a, you know, a literal rendition. Uh, and it, I, and it's, I'm enjoying myself. I could have been lying in bed scrolling through terrible news and people yelling at each other. Instead, I'm watching sad aliens uh and uh, uh moments of uh moments of greatness and moments of silliness that's doctor in a nutshell isn't it moments of greatness and moments of silliness there'll be more of both i'm sure in the next edition uh, but i hope you're in a happy time and place i am uh and maybe next time if you're not we'll do our best to take you to one uh uh, I can't guarantee that the sets will be particularly good because you'll only be with me for a week, but uh, I'll do my best not to wobble too much. Thank you very much for watching. My name's Toby. Stay safe. Be kind. Ta-ta. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest this time around was Daryl McLean, who can be found on Twitter at MacLockdown, M-A-C Lockdown, and is well worth a follow. I'd like to thank this episode's featured patrons, who are Ruben Herfindahl, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, 
Richard Straw, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Cook, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford Kelk, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay, Stewie the Bonts, Andrew, Luke Adkins, Pete Adamson, Will Brooks, Rick Byatt, Paul Carrington, Andy Case, John Curley, Ian Gillespie, James Gould, Lisa C. Greco, Dave Hoskin, Andrew Jordan, Guy Lambert, and James Lark. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates. If you'd like to add your name to that illustrious and very generous list, please sign up and subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock, or you can do a one-off payment at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. All support is very much appreciated. Failing that, please do rate and review these at all podcast outlets. That really helps. Every Tuesday I do live comedy on Twitch TV forward slash excess malarkey. That's my long-running weekly comedy club where I have four special guests from around the world doing stand-up.